Hey Concordia, today is Wednesday, June 10th, and it is good to be with you today. Uh, a little bit of a heavy heart, you know, as I think about the things that have been taking place over the last uh, number of weeks. Uh, of course, obviously, we've all been dealing with, with COVID, but as we, we watch more of the news and we see uh, pictures of, of the ongoing injustice that has occurred and, and the violence and the destruction, I know for some of you, for many of you, these are expressions of what is intimately known, these experiences and these, these hurts. And for others, this is a time of some really hard and honest reflection that is troubling. It's a time and a season that is filled with some fear and confusion and anxiety. So in the midst of all that, you know, maybe asking ourselves, you know, how is it that we kind of move in the, the midst of these things? You know, as Concordia, we are a family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, a family with all of our issues, with all of our problems and our dysfunctions, existing in a world that is full of brokenness and sin. And so how is it that we honestly attend to our sins, the brokenness in this world, the hurt that we cause in others, the hurt that has been caused to us? I'm reminded of, of James and what he wrote uh, in chapter 1, where he reminds us that we are to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And he closes chapter 1 by saying that we uh, should be doers of the word and, and not just hearers. And that, and that all leads into how he begins chapter 2, which is that we should not show partiality in our honoring and respecting of one another. So again, the challenge is of the world that we live in, how is it that we begin? Well, in 1 John chapter 4, we hear these words. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You see, we are the church. That is the body of Christ. And we can be a part of being at work in the midst of this process, not because we have all the answers, not because we are without fault, but because we belong to Jesus. And Jesus has sent his Holy Spirit, who is at work in us and through us. So that the same love that has been shown to us can be at work in the world through us. And so that's, I think, the place where we begin today. As we openly and honestly reflect on that, and as we begin here with a time of prayer. Almighty God, you see and know all the sin and brokenness and hurt and rebellion that is in our hearts and our lives and all the world. And so we pray that by your grace you would increase our faith in the sweet promises of the gospel. Work on our hearts to give honest repentance for all of our sins. Pardon our wanderings and our rebellion and direct our thoughts to you. 
Teach us humility. To live with great love towards one another. To labor in your service. And to conduct ourselves according to your commandments. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
You know, we had set for in this month of June a time in our chapel to focus on finding joy. And it can be hard to feel joy right now, to find joy. In fact, with some of the things that have been going on, it may seem that even looking for joy can feel like trivializing our own experiences or the experiences of others. In fact, what we are going to be hearing today is something that was first preached in 2017. So it's not going to specifically even speak about our current state of affairs, of what's going on in the world around us or in our nation and communities especially. But I think the Word of God has something to say about how it is that we are able to find joy in the midst of trials because of a God who gives us an amazing blessing of the promise and the hope of life in Jesus. And so our scripture reading for today comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9. through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Here ends the reading. And so now let's listen in to Professor Scott Stigmeyer. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. A few years ago, I met a young woman named Sarah. I think she was about 18 or 19 years old, so just about the age of many of you. And Sarah was uh, filled with joy. You could tell because she smiled all the time. But when she smiled, she would hold her hand up in front of her face like this. She didn't want me to see her smile, I guess. Sarah grew up in a place where the message of Jesus Christ was almost never heard. But somehow someone gave her a New Testament, which she kept secret in her bedroom, hid from her family. But she read it in the evenings. And she read the gospel stories about Jesus and about him healing the sick and feeding the hungry. And she read about the death of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection. She read about the love of God. One day, one of her brothers happened to look in her school bag and noticed the New Testament and was upset that she had that and showed it to the rest of the family who were likewise outraged. And they wanted to know if Sarah was a Christian 
And she didn't really know what that word meant, so she wasn't sure how to respond, but she honestly said that she, she didn't know yet. So her mother and her brothers locked her in a room and kept watch over her door. And one day, one of her brothers started to beat her with his shoe, and he knocked out a bunch of her teeth. So she began to fear for her life, and at that moment, she decided she would run away. She found a way to escape by a miracle of God. And she found herself, she found her way to some friendly policemen who took her in, and eventually she found her way into a Lutheran church. When I met her, she was in hiding in Nairobi, and she was learning about her new Christian faith. She had been baptized. In the portion of Peter's letter that was read for today, there is much for us to consider, and I would encourage you to look at 1 Peter chapter 1 again later on in your day and read it and think about it and mull it over, but I'm going to break down one important sentence where he says, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. My friends, this is the key to a joy-filled life. First of all, God has shown us mercy, not because we deserve it, but precisely because we don't. And this means that God, our Father, does not treat us as our sins deserve. Instead, he treated Jesus as our sins deserve and treats us as sons. Furthermore, you who have been baptized into Christ have been born again. We need to be spiritually born because apart from Christ and his abundant life, we are spiritually dead. Not impaired in need of aid, nor sick in need of medicine, but dead spiritually in need of a new birth and a resurrection. Peter says that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is at work in us. And what God did for Jesus at Easter, he does for you beginning right now and will bring it to completion on the last day. But the reality is that being born in Christ and having new life in him does not instantly remove us from this realm of suffering and trial. And many of you this morning are able to testify to that fact, I know. Jesus himself tells us in John 16 that in this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So to those of you going through hardship or difficulty or pain right now. God's word to you is that you are loved. Some of you are carrying a heavy burden today that no one knows about except you and the Lord. I'm praying for you, and I ask you to pray for me. But no matter how bleak things may look or feel to you today, it's going to get better. There is light at the end of the tunnel. There is life after death. Your story has a happy outcome, a beautiful, beautiful purpose, and a shining future. 
the momentary troubles that we experience in this life, and I am in no way trying to diminish how painful they can be, but they are not worth comparing with the everlasting glory that awaits us when Christ returns. So what happened to Sarah? The last thing I heard was that she got married. She moved to the United States and is living somewhere in the Midwest. She probably has her teeth all fixed by now. And I think about Sarah sometimes. I think about her often, actually, and all that she lost. She lost family. She lost friends. She lost her childhood. But I did not meet a bitter woman filled with pessimism or resentment. She had inexpressible joy because she had Jesus. Her broken smile makes me smile a little bit because I know that God has smiled on all of us through his son. In his name, amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you have caused us to be born again to a living hope. Help us to daily receive joy in the promise of life that is ours in Jesus. Strengthen us to endure all trials that we may face, looking to that blessed hope. Instill in us compassion for others who are enduring hurt or suffering, injustice or pain or sorrow, whether we can see it or understand it or not. Help us to humbly listen, seek to understand, lovingly walk with them, and sacrificially give of ourselves for their well-being. Amen.
Well, family, this week I pray that you are encouraged. Encouraged as we actively seek reconciliation with others. As we shape our conversations with more grace and love. And as we seek mercy and justice and peace in our families, our communities, the nation, and the world. And when that seems too daunting or overwhelming, remember who it is who is with us in these things. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you always. Amen.